Previously on Cyril Reed's Ninja Gaiden. We don't have a lot of time, so here's what you need to know. First, Ryu gets a letter from his long-dead father. No, wait. First, Ryu turns 13, and then becomes the highest level of ninja possible. Then he gets a letter from his long-dead father, which sends him halfway around the world in order to figure out what the heck happened to his dad. Then he's kicked off of a college campus. He gets into a fight with some big bully at a local bar. He gets shot by a 13-year-old girl, fights a car, gets drafted into the CIA, gets sent to Central America to battle some sort of evil, falls off a mine cart, battles a bunch of evil bosses, sweats fire, falls down another big hole, uh, gets that 13-year-old girl kidnapped, accidentally loses two statues that, if put together, will spell the end of the world, and finds out that his father is actually not dead, but is a mutant mask-wielding killer brainwashed by Jacquio. Or something like that. It's all really confusing. The truth is, if you just started listening now, then then these episodes aren't going to make any sense. Uh, you, you missed way too much of the backstory, and that you really need to go back to, to episode one. Or at least episode six. Hopefully you'll catch up and join us as we journey once more into the heart of... Ninja Gaiden. Chapter 21 Ryu jumped away, swinging the dragon sword wildly. Swash! 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 The blades sliced through the flaming missiles, disintegrating each of them. Ryu wasted no time. He rushed the monster and plunged the sword into his side. A glowing green gelatin spurted out. Droplet landed on Ryu's sleeve. The puff of smoke and a hiss, a patch of material dissolved. He withdrew the dragon sword and stood back. The goop was oozing out. The monster's powerful noise was now a sputtering wheeze. Lights flickered and swelled. A fire burst out of the top of the monster's mask. Then slowly, it began to melt. The grotesque features of the creature's face became twisted and warped as it shriveled down into a puddle of molten plastic and mangled machinery. It almost seemed to smile. Ryu flew out of the room. He raced down the corridors, twisting and turning. Ahead of him was the door to the room that held the masked devil. He suddenly stopped. What would be in there? If the masked devil were still alive... It might be waiting in ambush. If it were dead, the idea was was just too horrifying to even consider. Ryu stepped closer. He heard a sound. There was something waiting behind the door. He took out the dragon sword again. He leapt into the doorway, poised for battle. The room was completely dark. He could see nothing. Then... From behind him came a hoarse whisper. There was a dragging noise on the floor. Ryu backed away into the corridor. His heart was racing. But he had come so far, through so many disappointments, that he refused to let his emotion take over. Who are you? He called out. Ryu! The voice repeated. Out of the blackness, a person pulled himself into the light of the hallway. It was a man, thin and ragged looking. 
His hair was shoulder length and sweat soaked, his face unshaven. But when Ryu looked, his eyes blazed into fierce intelligence and a tenderness that could not have belonged to a total stranger. Ryu had not felt anyone look at him, see him as deeply as this man did. He seemed to be sizing Ryu up, counting the years. Ryu tried to say something, but the words choked in his throat. He swallowed and tried again. Are you my... That was all he could get out. The man slowly nodded. Ryu sank to his knees. He returned the man's deep gaze. He saw the pride that burned within, the grief that spilled from his eyes, and spread lines of sadness down his face. Sadness over the lost years. Sadness over having missed his son's life. You've come for me, Ryu. Dr. Ken Hayabusa said. With a grimace, Dr. Hayabusa picked himself up from the kneeling position. A smile struggled across his lips, and the lines of sadness suddenly etched his face with profound joy. Slowly, gently, he opened his arms. Ryu hesitated. The years of expectation, the violent journey steeled him. He felt incapable of emotion. Ryu, his father said, but when you were a tiny child, I used to recite a poem to you. He laughed. (laughs) Of course, you wouldn't remember it. And when you're lost, my dearest son, Ryu said, his voice beginning to crack. When when joy becomes despair, Dr. Hayabusa finished for him. I'll send a star of deepest gold to let you know I'm there. Ryu fell into his father's arms. Somewhere in the dimmest reaches of his memory, he could recall how they had felt. Back then, the arms had supported him, kept his fragile infant body from falling to the ground. Now they were adjusting to a new shape, embracing a young man. Ryu had never felt so complete, so strong. Oh, please. The Jackio's voice blared. This display is repulsive. This time, the voice was not coming from a speaker. It was behind them. The Jackio was standing in the doorway. His eyes glared with the intensity of a blast furnace. His lips flared back to reveal tightly clamped teeth. He was seething with fury. Ryu tried to devise a plan. How could he save his father and himself? What what would be the the Jacquio's next move? Probably a long, gloating speech about the statues. Ryu might be able to use the art of the firewheel, or... Without saying another word, the Jackio thrust his open palm in Ryu's direction. Out of it shot a blazing fireball. 
Ryu was caught by surprise, but his father wasn't. Leaping to his feet like the nimble young ninja he once was, Dr. Hayabusa dove in front of his son. Fireball caught him full force in the chest with an anguished cry that sliced through Ryu like a bayonet. He crumbled to the ground. Dad! The scream ripped Ryu's vocal cords. He grabbed his father by the shoulder, tried to lift him up, but Dr. Hayabusa was limp and motionless. For the first time since Ryu had seen him, he seemed to be at peace. Game Hint On level 6-2, use the jump and slash technique. If you don't want to waste your points, hold down the cross pad while jumping and use your sword. Chapter 22 Ryu stood up. At his feet was the motionless body of his father. He was gone. Again. A lifetime of refusing to believe he was dead. A lifetime of nagging hope. Of wondering about the letter. A lifetime of training. Just in case. Well, just in case had come. And Ryu's wildest dream had come true. He had met his father. For about five minutes. A madman had stolen 13 years of his father's life, and now that madman had ended it with a flash of temper and the wave of his hand. Ryu went numb for a moment. Then the rage began. It seemed to rise from the ground, burning the soles of his feet. It traveled through his body, making every molecule vibrate. An outline of fire began encircling him. The Jacquio took a step back. Fear didn't quite fit in his face. It made him look awkward. <laughs> Almost comical. The art of the fire wheel was working! But Ryu pulled out his dragon sword just in case. He ran towards the Jacquio, letting out a cry that blotted out all sounds in the temple. With a thrust of the sword, with a swelling of flame, the Jacquio collapsed in a shrieking, bubbling mass of protoplasm. In that instance, he disappeared. Ryu fell to his knees. Naked anger still coursed through him. The victory wasn't enough. It never would be enough. Ryu. He whipped around. Could it be? Ryu. Come come closer. His father was alive. Hope flooded through Ryu's body. He ran to his father. Gently, he knelt down and cradled him in his arms. Are you... Alright, Dad? Ryu shook his head. His face was tight with pain. Ryu must tell me. Who has the statues? The statues? Ryu had almost forgotten about them. The the Jackio has them. Had them, he said. But he's gone. There may be enough time to find them. (laughs) The noise shook the ground like the earthquake. It lifted Ryu and his father and tossed them several feet away. 
Dr. Hayabusa cried out in agony. What's this? Ryu said. It's the demon Ryu. Dr. Hayabusa replied. Fighting to get the words out through his pain, it's too late to get the statues. We'll have to fight them ourselves. Ryu gave his father a sharp look. Not we, Dad. You're you're in no condition to move. Dr. Hayabusa tried to rise to his feet. He winced, then collapsed. Paralysis, he said. You're right, son. I'm no longer for this world. You must go through the narrow crevice at the end of the hall. If you make it through, you'll be in the demon's lair. Go north. My spirit will be with you. I'll be back to get you, Dad. That's a promise. Ryu bolted out of the room and down the hall. He found the crevice and tried to squeeze through. In the centuries since the demon had gone to sleep, the earth had shifted, making the entrance only inches wide. Layers of dust and cobwebs peeled off the wall and clung to Ryu's uniform. As he got closer, the heat from within blasted him. He hoped he was prepared. A ninja was equipped to survive. But a ninja was still mortal. Even the great shinobi had not been able to defeat the demon. But Ryu couldn't think about that. The future of the world lay in the balance. And it was up to him, alone, to do what no one else could do. He had to squeeze himself through the last few feet. When he did, he crouched beside the narrow hole through which he had come. All he could do for a few moments was stare in awe. He had never seen anything like the demon. Next to it, a Tyrannosaurus Rex would look petite. Its body was a conglomeration of flesh, bone, and slime, rolling over each other, sputtering and spitting fire. When it moved, it sent hot air current across the room, like jet streams. Its breath sounded like chainsaws. In a corner of the room, Ryu saw the light and dark statues. They stood together between two stone pillars that vaulted upwards to a high, peaking ceiling. And with each breath of the demon, they drew closer together, pulsating with light. They were fusing, and Ryu was too late to stop them. All it took was the first look and re realized the sad, shocking truth. There was no way on earth he stood a chance. To be continued. And now, an open letter to A.L. Singer, author of Ninja Gaiden. Dear A.L. Singer, So I'm a little concerned about where this book is headed. No, I'm, I'm not talking about the silly plot line. We'll get to that in a minute but rather the amount of pages that are left in this epic. Ninja Gaiden contains 120 pages, and as it stands right now, we're on page 105. By my math, that means that we only have, what's that, 15 pages left. Yet, there are still five chapters left. So I, I guess that means that uh, we're in for a bunch of really, really short chapters? Uh, either way, I'm definitely impressed that you were able to fit 27 chapters into a 120-page book. By, uh, you know, that averages out to, like, four pages a chapter. 
impressive. Anyway, so uh, so let's recap this episode. Thankfully, Ryu didn't have to battle any bosses this time around. Or did he? Hmm. I, I guess he did defeat the Jacchio. Wait, did he? He, he did kill the Jacchio, right? I, I, I guess... I mean, that, that seems like a really important plot point, but it, it, they took like a, a paragraph to cover it. I'm pretty sure I remember reading that he collapsed and died, but he just skipped right over it. After all that buildup, it seems kind of anticlimactic, if you know what I mean. But I guess there's bigger, badder monsters on the horizon. I guess it's, it's time to bring in a ginormous slime monster that was brought about by rubbing these two statues together. I mean, it's 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 kind of like uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, only with uh, a lot more angst and a big slime monster. Well, I mean, at least the both of them had glowing rocks and a smart-talking Asian kid. So, right, there's uh, there's the slime monster, and I guess that's the last boss? Or, or are we just going to mention Ryu killing him and passing and then quickly move on to yet another bigger boss? Hopefully the slime monster announces his name, and hopefully it's something really silly like plop or sticky goop. But what really impressed me about this episode was how you were able to use uh, a Tyrannosaurus Rex as a, as a measuring tool. If, if I remember correctly, you mentioned that the slime monster towers over you, making a T-Rex look really puny. You do realize that nobody has actually seen a Tyrannosaurus Rex in real life. Right, I mean, they've been extinct for millions of years. And since when has anybody even thought about using a dinosaur to compare measurements as, as, as like, this is a good idea? I mean, hey, Bill, you should you should go check out my new Hummer. It's the size of a Triceratops. Oh, baby, take off those clothes. You're, you're skinny as a Velociraptor. I mean, you, you get the point. Anyway, if you're going to compare size, you, you shouldn't compare it to something we we've never seen. You should compare it to something we all have seen. Something that, that we see almost every day. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but what about a large mountain or a skyscraper or something? I mean, it, it can be regional. I don't know. We shouldn't have to work this hard to figure out the size of a slime monster. And, and, and seriously, a slime monster? Really? This this isn't Ghostbusters. Let's let's go after something more substantial. Like, I don't know, like a rock god. Not 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 like you know, a big guy made out of rocks, but like Ronnie James Dio, I mean, a real rock god. Anyway, I can't wait to see what happens in the next uh, episode, the, the penultimate episode. We're, uh, we're definitely building up to something exciting, and hopefully it involves dinosaur measurements. I love dinosaur measurements. Thanks for the fantastic uh, chapters. Talk to you next week. Yours truly, Cyril Lachal.